All right, everybody, welcome to Local Joker Podcast. This is a podcast where I, we, us, will talk to local comedians locally, <laughs> dissect their genius, see what makes them tick, what gets them where they are, goals in life, doing this comedic journey. And we'd like to get started today with a beautiful lady, April Buckner. She's seen all over television and she's desperately seeking Mr. OK right now. <laughs> Give it up, everybody. Hi, how are you doing? All right. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate this. Thank you. And I'm actually April Brooker, but I'm April Bruckner if I owe you money. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was on TV. I Like, they actually did a, a thing with me on TV once. It was on a local network here in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I actually, and you'll meet her in a second, Mae Wilson and I were on Judge Jerry. And Jerry Springer, God bless, he did a million of these SAMs, and he called me Amy Brooker. And so at first I was upset, but then I'm like, Judge Jerry, I am Amy Brooker the next time I'm in court. It's not me. It was Amy Brooker that did this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Officer, it was Amy Brooker. That's the one you're looking for. The, nice. the other one that could be on Snap. Come on. That, that, yeah, that's how you get away. I wish I had. No one messes up my name. That's the thing. But but you could say I'm Gerard. <laughs> right. Or Geraldo. Geraldo. You know, the guy, he looks like me, except he's got like one arm or something. Remember that OJ Simpson? It's not me. It's the one arm man. You know, right. okay. go after people with disabilities, OJ. Yeah. You haven't done enough harm in this town. Awesome. OK, we're going to get into this. This is a quick fun. We're going to talk about you. What got you into comedy and all that? So. That's it. Let's, let's get to the first question right now. How did you get into doing comedy? Well, to help me with that is my roommate, Mae Wilson. What's oh, up? hey, Mae. How are you doing, sexy? <laughs> you are a sexy piece of chocolate. Has anybody told you that today? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here. Well, May's my roommate. Uh, this is uh -huh. Mae Wilson. So, hot chocolate, are you rich? May, May. No, no, I'm sorry. You know what, this conversation's so over. April, you told me that I was going to get a sugar daddy on this podcast. Well, <laughs> I guess that's not going to happen, but can you help me explain how I got into comedy? Well, April lived right outside of Pittsburgh in a little town called Bethel Park, PA, and mm -hmm. she had no friends. Yeah, I had no friends. She still has no friends, like any comedian. Yeah, that's right, I still have no friends. And so, but at the time I had no cable. And when I was 13, my brother played football, which meant they were going to get cable. So my dad, you know, he only wanted mm -hmm. one channel because my brother was playing football and he wanted to see the local games. But you see, when you get one channel, you got to get 40. And to hear my dad arguing with the phone company was something else. So anyway, one night after one of my brother's football games, we're sitting in front of the TV watching. And mm -hmm. Dad hates commercials. So what do you know? They turn on to a special about, ta-da, ventriloquism. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And so what did I get that Christmas, May? April got her very first ventriloquist puppet, a Groucho Marx. Nuh-uh. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And guess what? She's been talking to her hand ever since. Is she the weirdest <laughs> guest you've had so far? <laughs> Absolutely. Am I the kinkiest guest you've had so far? Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm extra kinky because April's fisting me right now. Wow. Oh, oh. 
I think you're making him blush me. Only for all, I think that that went out the window when I came on. <laughs> so that's how I started doing comedy. And then I moved to New York and I was in acting school. And I thought I was going to be a Shakespearean actor. That was to be or, as you guessed, not to be. And <laughs> I was thinking of leaving New York City until I wandered into a comedy club. And what did you say, May? I said, hey, girl, the people are on stage are unfunny. You're at least mediocre. You should give it a try. And so stand-up comedy became my purpose. And these guys came into my act, and I started to develop on my own. But we're still the best part of the act. So that's how I started doing comedy. That was nice. a really long answer, April. That was a beautiful answer. I, I appreciate that answer. A lot of people was like, I just did it one day. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad there's some more depth to your answer. <laughs> so with that, always, everybody has that in their journey, bombing. Have you bombed? And when you did, how did that make you feel? Let's just put it this way. I've never bombed. I've always been a star. If anybody sucked, it's been April. Did you see how she just threw me under the bus? Okay, May, I'm just going to put you down for a second, and I'm going to talk about this on my end. You see, we, these guys have egos on them. But I've bombed in my life. And I will say this without them on my arm, because this is a serious question, all right? <sighs> yes, I've bombed. I'm a freaking puppet act. Of course I've bombed. <laughs> but here's the thing. Bombing, it makes you remember that you're a comedian. Because when you hear a comedian say, I've never bombed, they're lying to you. Or they're just performing for their friends and family. So the first time I bombed, I thought I was going to jump off of a roof. Mm -hmm. I didn't because, you know, knowing my luck, I'd jump off and live and it would be something else I'd screwed up. But what I did, though, was I got really drunk and okay. I made a fool out of myself in front of a guy that I liked. And then I went home and I peed in the cab. That's what I did the first time I bombed. But I woke up and I got a nice message from somebody who's unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, they died of a brain aneurysm while they were following their dreams. But a nice oh, guy wow. said, listen, yeah, it was a freak thing. But I always remember this. He said, listen, he goes, you bombed. The bad news is you bombed. The good news is you're now a real comedian. Yeah. And so every time I bomb, I always tell myself I'm doing it right. And this past year, um, and May is going to come back to tell you the story, but we were on Judge Jerry. Uh, we sued somebody. And um, the day that I was on Judge Jerry, I was on a billboard in Times Square. And, uh, and this is before I moved to Vegas. And this is one of my, this is how bombing comes full circle. I used to perform shows in the basement of a Chinese taco joint. <laughs> what wait oh. <laughs> is it fusion or or it's just chinese tacos it was just a chinese taco joint it was new york city it, it's maui tacos apparently a franchise and it went out of business it was next door to the empire state building and so i used to perform there the roof used to leak the sound system never worked and so i did a really bad show one night Mm -hmm. And you know, like after a really bad show, sometimes you just want to be left the frick alone. This girl tries to help me. She goes, I'm saying this from a place of love. We need to see more you, April. And I just looked at her and I said, we need to, we need to hear less of you. And I just walked away from her. <laughs> and so I go and there's this billboard in Times Square. And I had the biggest ugly cry under this billboard. 
And this homeless guy comes up to me and he goes, man, you really got to calm down and get yourself together. So the day I was on Judge Jerry, I was on that billboard. The billboard you was crying under? Yes. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. And what do you have to say about that, Meg? Let's just put it this way. I argued my case on Judge Jerry. I stood up for textile Americans. And let's just put it this way. Evil prey for puppets. What do you say to that? Do you agree with me, Hot Chocolate? So who pays for puppets? Equal pay for puppets. Yes. Yeah, because you did <laughs> promote her on Judge Jerry. And so what did you think of being um, under the billboard that I had the ugly cry under? I said, April, your mascara is running. That homeless guy should give you money. God. Oh, Who needs wow. that? I have her. <laughs> right. So seriously, though, doesn't it suck the gong? Yes. Bombing sucks, but it shows a two character of a comedian. You have to bomb. And you will have to be able to push through that. Like, if you don't bomb, you're not a real comedian, just like in the story. Yeah. And here's the and here's the other thing, too, is that there have been times in my life where I've had a new act and I've gone to places knowing that I'm going to bomb just to, like, work out the kinks. Yeah, that that's the best thing to do. Right. Try it out. Work it out. Bomb. Don't bomb. But you're just working it out. So yeah, that's the best. Thing yeah. And then one time we. And we're going to make, you know, this was my first time um, ever performing Urban Room. Okay. Uh-huh. And I look like uh, Snow White. And you've done Urban Rooms, right? You've done. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And you know how sometimes the heckler comes with the room? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did a show and there was this guy, Peanut, and this was in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And Peanut had no teeth. Okay. No teeth. No. And apparently he owned the building and would come to the show and heckle. So this kid's up there talking about having sex with his girlfriend and coming everywhere. And, and you know, and it, it just isn't going over. There are no punchlines. And so Peanut goes, you ain't funny. I ain't hear no chatter. And so he goes, you have no teeth. And the crowd laughs. And Peanut goes, well, I have no teeth, but you got no jokes. And he gets this applause break. <laughs> so I get up and immediately uh-huh. Peanut's giving me grief. And so what happened? I came out and I said, hello, Peanut. Want to see me deep throat? Ah, <laughs> better blowjobs than you. And right. so, of course, Peanut starts laughing. And, you know, it was an up and down set because we were new. And so after the show, Peanut comes up to us and he goes, well, he goes, you should have started with her. Because then you were getting chatter when she came out. Chatter. Because you couldn't, you had to listen to him talk. He goes, but some of what you did was good. Some needs a little work, but you might actually have a future in this comedy thing. (laughs) (laughs) The toothless advice. (laughs) And Peanut, unfortunately, is gone now. But, you Uh know, it's like the world is a lesser place without him. Right, right. All in that building, pushing the comedians a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. and But if you were a jerk, Peanut basically called it. But yeah, but they're like, because I'm like, isn't somebody going to eject? And they're like, sweetheart, he comes with the room. <laughs> he is the room. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's always someone sometimes in most places, especially open mics, they're going to be heckling or doing something that comes with the room. And it's part of the territory of being comedians. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. 
and and actually and sometimes <laughs> too it's but yeah but if you but here's the thing if you don't bomb like your battle scars and comedy make you who you are and the last right. thing i'll say about bombing is i did a show and it was my first time headlining and i stepped in for a comedian and this was a bomb where i learned a lot he was a ventriloquist who had a nervous breakdown. It was like a Woody Allen movie. And he started showing up to gigs without his puppets. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it was like, what? It's like, if he would try to do comedies himself, and he was actually not a very nice guy to begin with. And you know how an audience can smell somebody that sucks, that's not a very nice person? They were like, what? So he had a fight with the club booker because he didn't bring his puppets. Right. And so the and so the the guy that's booking the room calls me and says, "Can you fill in? Are you closing shows on the road?" And at the time, I wasn't. I was closing shows. You know, like when you close shows both locally versus closing shows on the road, it's two different ball games. Right. So we get there, and it's an older crowd. I'm used to doing these younger hip crowds. We um, you know, and I'm talking about living in the city, and these people are in the suburbs, and I mean they're nice, but you know how that goes. Right. And so the club owner was a nice guy. And he said, listen, he goes, something's going to have to be different tomorrow night, but I'm going to help you out. And so, and he was really helpful. He said, a longer set is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes you a while to get there. And just remember, you got to connect with your audience. He said, figure out the town that these folks are in and figure out the town that they make fun of. And so, yeah. And he said, just make it about them right away. And so the next night, what did you do? We made fun of Waterbury, Connecticut and got in a clause break. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so where else have you made fun of? I've made fun of Corrupt here and I've gotten in a clause break. Yeah. Bullhead City, Nye County. Yeah. So what we're saying is you make it about them. But when you bomb, there's no bad set. The bad set is when you don't learn. Awesome. That Yes, that's so true, right? If you or if it is the bad set, if you bomb, you just never tell jokes again. Then that was the bad set. But if you, yeah. (laughs) So and actually, I've seen some people that you know, and it's not my place to tell people you don't belong in comedy. But this is the thing: is the more you get on stage and you do comedy, you either have the instinct for it or you don't. And there have been some times where people bomb and they have the instinct for it, but they're trying to find their voice. And there were times when I was real young and I was like, mad, 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 mad. And this guy comes up to me and he was really cute. And I really liked him at the time. (laughs) He says to me, why are you so mad? You're not an angry person. I'm like, you're right. I'm kind of cute. I shouldn't be mad. Yeah. Cute and pleasant. It works every time on stage. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, when I started being happier on stage, audiences, you know, and some of it is you have to grow into it, but it's like, cause sometimes people are still trying to find their voice, but there are some people that do not have an instinct for it whatsoever. And we know who those people are. And yeah, no matter how long, yeah. No matter how long, and I'm not going to say who, but I saw a show recently and I'm not going to say where I saw the show, but it wasn't in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. And the guy that they had as the opener was a very sweet guy off stage. But he had no instinct. And it was kind of sad. And I wanted to say, who thought that this was a good idea? Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, who thought that this was a good idea? Um, excuse me, April, you're a hack prop act. What? Yeah. 
you're a hack product and I'm a star. I'm going solo. Now that's a good idea. Oh, how? Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, May Wilson. May, May's going solo. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Now, with everything going on with like political correctness and cancel culture, where do you think the climate of comedy is headed? Is it still going to stay on the same path? Is it altering? Well, to help me with that question is um, Las Vegas' very own mobster turned government witness turned magician, Vinny Two Times. Yo, what the hell are you doing? Recording me? You know how I feel about that. Vinny, Vinny um, we're talking about comedy and political correctness. What do you think of political correctness? Well, in my day, you see back in Jersey, political correctness was bragging a politician. Yeah, that was political correctness. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, political correctness. Oh, yeah, this generation that can't take a joke. Yeah, that's what we're talking yeah. about. This generation that can't take a joke. I'm going to tell the joke that's going to offend some people here on Vegas. And, and what's the joke, Benny? Because this is a podcast about comedy. Mm-hmm. How many casino security guards does it take to throw a slot cheat off the top of the stratosphere? I don't know, Vinny. How many? None. He fell. Accidents happen. <laughs> okay. Ta-da! <laughs> so why do they call you Vinny two times? Because they only had to tell them twice. And so what do you say to my audiences? I say this is a nice joint. It would be most unfortunate if nobody left. All so right. he gets them to laugh. So, but we're talking about political correctness, Vinny. Yeah. What do you think the state of comedy is going to be? Look, if somebody wants to come to my show and say that I'm offended, I say I got a magic trick. I can make you disappear. Oh. Many times, ladies and gentlemen. Well, what I think is political correctness. I mean, I think that there are times in life that we should be offended, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I say this as somebody who is a me too person. And I guess I'm what Dave Chappelle calls an alphabet person in a way. I don't know. I've Mm -hmm. never referred to it because I, you know, all of God's children are crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing. Flame Monroe said it best. I've never been to a room without a door. And I so love Flame Monroe. I she, we. Yep. And here's the thing. It's like, okay, you know, it's it's like, you know, instead of trying to cancel somebody, make a special that answers them back. Oh my goodness. That's great insight, right? Yeah. <laughs> make something that answers them back. Okay. Because I'm as different as you can imagine. And as you can and as you know, a lot of doors have slammed in my face. I've had a lot of people try to cancel me. There was this girl. I kid you not, I went to college with her. Mm-hmm. And she is nuts and she tried to sue the TSA because she's crazy. But she's one of these people that will get offended for people that she's not friends with. She'll mm-hmm. get offended for, you know, she'll she'll just get offended. And so she wrote me a big letter about what a bad person I was because I told a joke that she didn't like. It was a three-page letter. I'm a bad person. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, you are somebody who doesn't have any friends outside of their little group. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not a bad person. You just have no sense of humor. 
And, you know, and, and here's the thing. It's like whenever somebody gets offended, and that's the other thing, is that these days, people can't just get offended and have a conversation about why they're offended and learn from each other. Everybody has to yell at each other. Or write about it. Yeah, or write about it. <laughs> or write me a three page. And she hadn't even spoken to me in 10 years, but I'm a bad person. Oh, wow. Right. So that's, that's what I think that's where the climate is. And it's changing is because back before all this social media and everything, everybody had an opportunity to either watch it or not watch it, see it or not see it. Now, if someone doesn't like it, they record it, they share it, they write about it. And we all got to be up in arms about it now because this person was offended about it. And the sense of humors are like going out the window. Yeah. And here's the other thing. I was told early on um, and I got to work with the late great Otto Peterson. Do you know who that is? If you want somebody that's going to offend everybody, watch Otto and George. They are a ventriloquist duo, and unfortunately, Otto is deceased. But um, David Copperfield has George in his museum in town. And they did this whole thing, like just five minutes of them. They they go after everybody. But they're phenomenal. You know, it's, okay. it's like, I, I don't know. I it's It's just like, I don't know. I just feel like everybody's just crazy, you know? Everybody is. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, but that's the thing. But anyway, when I worked with Otto, I was told that there was a market for everyone. Yeah. You know, if you don't like somebody, don't watch him. You know, if you don't like Dave Chappelle, watch Dimitri Martin ride a bicycle across the state. But yeah, that, and that is two different ends of the spectrum of comedy, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I saw a kid and I love this kid. Um, Jonathan Burns, if you ever have a chance to check him out, he's a comedy magician, um, you know, and he does a nice show and I like Jonathan, but at the same time, I also, again, like Otto and George, but yeah, but there's a market for everyone. And so, but I just think that sometimes, unfortunately, like cancel culture, like we have to look at what the joke is, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then maybe the intent behind the joke too. If it's not yeah. malicious, if it's not, then let's let's find the humor and <laughs> lighten up a little bit. Yeah, and, and and quite frankly, it's been a tough year for everyone too. Right. We're gonna do advice time. So advice time, what that is, I'm gonna read a letter. You're gonna give some sound advice or some completely opposite, ignorant comedic advice to the people in this letter. It's up to you. We're gonna dissect it a little bit, unpack what's going on with these people. Then we'll get back into the interview, okay? Okay. It's advice time. Here we go. First off, I want to say that I love my husband. He's the most kind and gentle man I have ever known. When we met, we dated for a year without having sex. We had never seen each other naked until marriage. After we got married and before we started having sex, my husband admitted to me that he was smaller than normal, if you know what I mean. But my husband is the size of a five-year-old boy. Those were the doctor's words, not mine. <laughs> yes, we went to a doctor and the doctor said that nothing could be done. We have been married for seven years and I am frustrated as heck. I confided in my ex-boyfriend and he offered to help me sexually, but I know my husband would be devastated if he found out. I'm upset with the fact that my husband waited until I was deeply in love with him to tell me about his shortcoming. So would I be wrong to get some action on the side every once in a while? Like I said, I love my husband, but I have needs. This 
is an interesting conundrum. You see, you love your husband, but you have needs. And I have a few questions. (laughs) (laughs) The first is, why did you wait a whole year before having sex? And the second is, why is it a problem now? And the third is, if he is this, you know, you have needs. It sounds like you have other needs and there are other things going on in this relationship. But to help me is uh, to give some other sound advice is Dwayne Newton. Oh, a little bit. Las Vegas. Yes, I'm Dwayne Newton. Dwayne Newton, you look like uh, you look like Mr. Las Vegas. No. I'm his second cousin, twice removed. Twice removed? Yes, I've been removed once by Casino Security, and I've been removed once by the Clark County Department of Health. Oh. So you're not Mr. Las Vegas? No, little lady. I'm Mr. Ongos Las Vegas. (laughs) Ongos Las Vegas. Thank thank you very much. So, but before we get to the advice, um, have you ever met your famous cousin? Yes, he gave me his autograph once. Autograph, that's great. It was good and gold, the bottom of the restraining order. Oh. Mm. So what is this advice you want to give her? You heard the letter. Well, the advice that I want to give her is, little lady, I'm right here for you. Oh. So you're pitching yourself. Well, April, you won't have me as your Mr. Okay, so maybe she'll have me as her Mr. Right. What? What? Okay. Wait, what qualifications do you have, Dwayne? I have a house, a truck, and a job. A house, a truck, and a job? And I'm bigger than a five-year-old boy. Oh, that's all she needs. That's all she needs, Dwayne, but a house, a truck, and a job. She might, and you're bigger than her husband. She might never get an offer like that again. I'll live in my truck and I work for Grubhub. Oh. Oh. But you're still bigger than her husband. Yes, so maybe when she wants to get down, she can get down in my car. Well, I'm working for Grubhub, of course. (laughs) In between deliveries? (laughs) In between deliveries, and I can say, lately, I'm delivering them food, but I'm all the food you need because don't go shame, darling, don't go shame. Thank you for writing me again. Though I'm bigger than your husband, <laughs> it's going to be quite a night. My delight, Ringo Bright. Don't go shame, <laughs> darling, don't go shame. Thank there you for is. making me the other man again. <laughs> Though we go on our separate ways when your husband shoots me today. Oh, the plane. All right. You, you've sang that before, haven't you? Yes, when I was working at Stop and Shop. Stop and Shop? Yeah, that's right. They have a gaming license, and I was singing in their lounge. And how did that go? They fired me for creative differences. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so where can we see you now? Kroger Supermarket. So, baby, if you want some dunk of shame, <laughs> darling, dunk of shame, come see me. At Kroger Supermarket off the third lane, though we go on our separate ways. <laughs> you wow. wanted advice, you got it. Hey, he, hey, if he's bigger than the husband, because that's what she said. She needs needs. She got him. But would you like to hear what Vinny's got to say about this? All right. Vinny, two times? What you got? Yeah. You, know, you want to cheat on your husband, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the case. He's small, Vinny. Listen, 
It's not the size of the land, but what he does that counts. I agree. All right. So, but she's not happy with her husband. Well, you know, I wasn't happy with my wife. And what happened there? Well, you see, I had this good water, right? And she fulfilled all my needs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happened? As soon as she could, she turned on me and ratted me out to the fence. Oh. Yeah. So don't cheat on your husband or wife, because the mistress and other guy always flips. But didn't that inspire you to do your greatest magic trick of all time? Yes. It was my grand delusion. My questo resistant. You see, my case was up for appeal, and ta-da! A dead fish magically appeared in the prosecutor's mailbox. Oh, wow. Well, this is what I got to deal with. And May, May, some guy that's, um, some guy wants to cheat on her, some girl wants to cheat on her husband because he's small. Well, April, you want to find the perfect 10, right? Yeah, I just want to find the perfect Mm -hmm. 10. And so far, the best you've done is a three and a half. And that's in centimeters. Oh. So what I'm saying is April's not really qualified to give advice on the subject, but I am. Ah. <laughs> I get no respect. Right. Ronnie Dangerfield called. He wants his line back. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. Dwayne Newton is offering himself. Mm-hmm. Vinny is like, Stick with it because he's not going to roll over. He's, he's <laughs> only yeah, going to roll over. Yeah, the husband's not going to rat you out. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and Miriam. May. Is, May. May. That's her name. May. <laughs> Miriam, if she owes you money. <laughs> May is like, she's a perfect person to deal with this. Yes. <laughs> right. This letter, I don't know. It's, it's all over the place. And and for me as a guy, the lady should have known the biggest red flag in that whole thing was he was willing to wait a whole year. And there's no man who's eager it to be like with there's you. There's something wrong. Yes. Yes. If he was willing to wait, I could see three months, maybe six. That's pushing it. And years extreme. So he waited a whole year because he knew, like he like she said, he confessed that <laughs> before they got started. Okay, it's honeymoon time, but before we do this. I'm small. So he knew and he had to win her over first so that she would. She stayed for seven years. They've been married seven years. Well, I get, you know, there's a lot going on here. It's like I'm thinking the relationship has other issues. Yeah, there probably is other issues as well. But like you said, the red flag should have been he's willing to wait a year. And she was like, there's nothing wrong. You're not jumping my bones. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're a straight male, right? You know, when you're into a girl, it's biology. Exactly. And you want you want to you want to see if the chemistry is beyond the vocal sooner than later. You're not gonna and, wait. <laughs> and also you really get to know a person when you sleep with them. And sometimes like sex is it, it puts miracle grow on everything and you find out how crazy they are. Like how how many times have you slept with somebody and they're crazy? Right. A lot of times. Sometimes they're the best. So, oh, yeah, God always puts it in the pretty package just to just to mess with you. And, and Vinny has something to say about that. Yeah, check it. 
Like, one, she was real easy on the ass, right? Right. You know, and all of a sudden, it's do this to me, do that. She's calling me at my house, talking to my wife, okay? I said, you're the mistress. But no, you know, this is the thing, right? It's a guy. You know that it's kind of hard to balance your life, right? So all of a sudden, she wants me to spend my money, money, money. And she's the one that laughs down my credit card. But let me tell you, it was the best blowjob I ever had. Whoa. Okay. You're right. You've been there, right? I, I, yeah. I don't have credit cards for the max out, but I have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Spending the money, money, money. Sex is so good, you want to buy her a Ferrari? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you had the money to buy her a Ferrari, you would have, right? Exactly. I, but I don't definitely... buy her a Ferrari because she's going to cruise away and ruin your life. Oh, okay. Good advice. Especially those strippers. They always got their ears to the wall. And the feds are like, listen, I'll give you 10 grand if you rat him out. And she goes, well, for 30, I'll give you him and his friends. Mm, yes. They're all about the money. Oh, they are. They're all about the money. You know, but seriously, now that I'm older, I learned a little bit, right? But I haven't learned enough because I'm still letting abroad put words in my mouth. Then he did. Oh, he comes with the facts. <laughs> the funny facts. <laughs> All right, let's get back into the uh, the questions. <laughs> um, who's inspired you besides the homeless man? While you're ugly crying, who has inspired you in comedy to keep going? Probably my mom. I love my mom. My mom's my girl. Mm -hmm. Even when she makes me crazy, um, sometimes like back in the day, she used to come on my posts. And if she didn't like my sexy picture, she'd fight with my fans, which was pretty funny. No, that's funny. Yeah, my mom's pretty cool. Like, actually, my mom's my number one fan. And um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without my mom. Uh, probably Otto and George, uh, the late great Otto Peterson. He was okay. one of my pros and I got to work with him. Um, but really and truly I'm inspired by anybody that slings jokes. Right. And even if you suck, I'm, I'm inspired that you got up there. That's beautiful. All right. Uh, who makes you laugh? Who makes me laugh? Oh my God. I have, I live with two dogs and, um, they both make me laugh every day. One is a Wheaton Terrier. When she wants to get up, everybody's got to get up. And if you're going to sleep in, good luck. Because she right. jumps on bed like, okay, we're all up. It's time for you to join the family. I'm here. This is, you know. And then the other thing is, is that she is a total princess. We were having work done on our yard. And she had to go to the bathroom. And she would only go in the back. But the guys were working in the back. So she had to go in the front. So I take her in the front. She won't go. And it's a whole episode. It's like an Abbott and Costello. So finally, you know, my, you know, they, we take her outside. We take her outside. And it's like, she has to go. Like, what's wrong with paper? I'm like, she won't go. She would only go on her rock. Yeah. And then the one day it was raining. You know how we get monsoon season here in Vegas. Right. She wanted to go outside. You know, she had to go, but would come out. She wouldn't go in the rain. It's like the rain had to move. And then I live with a pit bull and he makes me laugh. And currently it's cold. And you know how pits really don't have a lot of fur. Right. He's walking around in this old man's sweater. And so, but the, the joke in the house is that he's my boyfriend because um, the couple that he belongs to, they're gone during the day. And so sometimes I'll be showering and he'll just 
come into the bathroom and keep me company. <laughs> and then when he's on the couch next to me until his owners come home, if anybody sits near me, he will flash them the jealous stank guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then sometimes, because he's got abandonment issues when his owners are in the garage, he will start crying. like, And he talks and he's like, it's so funny. I love him. And I love my dogs. And of course, as I said, my mom makes me laugh. As a matter of fact, I wrote a book called Don't Read My Lips. And it's How to Be a Ventriloquist. It's available on Amazon. And my mom, thank you. And I did that during the pandemic. It was my labor of love. But my mom, where is she in this? I should have this ready. My mom, and this is my mom right here. She used to teach water safety with a ventriloquist puppet. To oh, wow. Yeah, but my mom makes me laugh, especially when she's talking about one of my crazy family members. And they make me laugh, too. And I had a cousin that got um, arrested for armed robbery. And he was, uh, and he was like 14 at the time. Okay. And so, and so I said, mom, cause he committed armed robbery, stole a gun, sold the property online under his real first and last name. And I said, mom, I said, he's hitting it out of the park for his first few felonies. And my mom said, the judge thought so too. That's why he denied. That's why he almost denied him bail. <laughs> <laughs> my mom's timing is so good <laughs> then another one of my cousins had to go away uh it's, it's uh-huh. a long story they sent her to like an outward bound and my mom's like well the good news is she's not bipolar they correctly diagnosed her as schizophrenic <laughs> your mom's awesome <laughs> oh yeah and so then my dad's a lawyer but he's represented a lot of my cousins because i've had a lot of cousins get into legal trouble my mom goes April, we were talking the other day, and your dad says to me, sweetheart, I think I've defended all of my nephews on both sides of the family. Oh, yeah. And my family's a never-ending source of material, too. As a matter of fact, whenever I have a screenplay or something, I say, guys, I need you to do something. I know you have the talent. What do they do? They want to read the lines with you? No, I need them to do something crazy. I need material. <laughs> you just wait for them to do something. <laughs> yeah, I know you have the talent. There's a high speed right. chase in you. I can feel it. Right. <laughs> Another armed robbery somewhere. <laughs> Another armed robbery. Or, 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 you know, just, just don't die. Then it won't be funny. Right. But if you almost die, then it's hysterical. It is. It is. <laughs> so when you're not on stage and you're not hunting for material with your family. What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm actually, um, I've actually done some pinup modeling. Okay. So if you're looking to start 2022 on a good note, guys, April in Vermont, or April in the Woods is the name of the calendar. I did it in Vermont. It's available on Lulu and through my website. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I do some modeling, but I also weight train. I write. I keep a blog, uh, Miss April B, where I talk about some of the crazy things that happened when I was growing up. And uh, I'm currently writing about my brother's football team and some of the kids there. And one grew up to become a staple in the sovereign citizens movement. Oh, wow. So was this team any good? Your dad purchased a whole cable package to watch. Actually, they were really good. They were a good team. 
Awesome. Yeah, they were what they actually when the coach retired, they were one of the best teams in the conference because I'm from Western Pennsylvania, where the area is known as quarterback cradle because we because Joe Montana came out of there. Right. But everybody's just nuts. And um, we had abstinence education in my school. Abstinence education, not sex education, abstinence education. Abstinence education. And so it was so effective that we had the highest teen pregnancy rate in the area. <laughs> yeah, it sounds highly effective. Yeah, it was, it was great. And, and so I write about that on this April B because everybody's like, April, why aren't you writing about that? I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because they had at times they have even more talent than my family members. Damn. So, all right. Awesome. All right. So with comedy, where do you see it going? Are you are you trying to hit like become a staple here in Vegas and be on the stages constantly every night? Or where 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 do you see comedy taking? Well, I did nine months at a resident show here in Vegas where I was the special guest star. No, uh-uh. I was a special guest star. No, 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 I was the special guest star. No, I was the special guest star, May. We were the special guest stars. Keep telling yourself that. And the show got us um, booked on MTV on What's My Secret? And her secret was that she's really crazy. What she's trying to say is that I'm a ventriloquist. And the show got us on Judge Jerry, which was on NBC Syndicated, and I was on the season three premiere. Ta-da! Equal nice. pay for puppets, advocating for textile Americans. <laughs> so we did nine months um, at a classical all-female review here in town. But next for us, we have a top secret project with a celebrity chef Ooh. here in town. And it's a new property. Uh oh. Yeah. So there's that. And um, what else do you want to do, May? Well, I want to tour and go solo. Good, good luck with that. You're right. I, I, I do want to see that. That would be a show to see. Actually, we're going to do that now. Let's see you go solo, May. So talk. <laughs> talk. Excuse me, April. That was really mean. Okay. But we also. <laughs> want to bring vegas um we also want to go on the road and i'm pitching a one-woman show right now and i not only want to do it in town but i want to be a touring headliner Mm -hmm. because i want to go around the country just like my legendary cousin did and sing don't go shame darling don't go shame thank you for coming to the show again your break's over at kroger's gotta go by and, and, you know, and here's the thing. And I also want to bring my combination Las Vegas identity to different cities where I can say to audiences, yo, I can make you disappear either in the kind wearing some jersey or in the desert in Vegas if you don't laugh. Many two times. All right, let me laugh. <laughs> I just prefer to tell jokes, but that's what I want to do. I want to tour. Uh-huh. And I've also been growing my YouTube channel, which guys, you should totally subscribe. It's April Brooker Comedy. I have 1,060 subscribers right now. I just became a partner. Nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And um, basically, and I also want to write more and just, you know, write, direct, have my own specials and also become a staple in Vegas. Okay. All right. Cool. 
Final question, random dumb question I like to ask everybody. You're doing your stuff, you're touring, your one woman show, says someone comes up to you, says we're gonna get you a syndicated talk show or television show. Only thing is you have to join the Illuminati. Are you joining? Um, I'd have to give that one a thought because that is kind of a random invitation and mm-hmm. a lot of people that join the Illuminati, that doesn't go so well. Right. Would you join me? Two words, just to be like my hero, Ian Nicole Smith. Hell yeah! <laughs> and uh, what about you, Dwayne? Would you join the Illuminati? I gotta get back to Kroger's, but I feel this is an important question. Don't shame, darling. Don't shame. I'd say <laughs> thank you to the Illuminati for coming to our show again. Yes, I joined. If it meant more bookings at Kroger's, and I could move up to Whole Foods. <laughs> From Kroger's to Whole Foods. <laughs> and, and and Vinny, would would you join the Illuminati? Yeah. The Illuminati brothers, I think I knew them. Really? Yeah. Oh. Ripped off the pizzeria. Oh. Uh oh. So I'd have to give a class on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so you wouldn't join them because they're rivals. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. So this is a great interview. I appreciate you coming on. You have a lot going on calendar, book, YouTube channel. That's amazing. The lady in the story today, the letter, she has a lot going on in her life, but May can help. Mm-hmm. Dwayne can help. And Vinny says, stick with your man because he's not snitching. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, wonderful. And how you got this ventriloquism is your dad wanted cable, a commercial came on, and they give you a, the ventriloquism doll for Christmas. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That full circle. You were crying under the billboard. You ended up on the billboard with Jerry, Judge Jerry. I used to watch Judge Jerry. I, I thought it was weird because I thought you had to be a real judge to be a judge on TV, but I guess you don't because Steve Harvey's a judge now. Well, Steve Harvey's a judge, but Jerry was actually a lawyer and a prosecutor at one point. Right. So, yeah. so it made sense, right? <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Now, one last time. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get the calendar, book, all that. Okay, Okay, everybody. You can find me at aprilbrooker.tv. Give me a holla. I'm also on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Find me on YouTube under April Brooker Comedy. Subscribe. And you can find my book, Don't Read My Lips, on Amazon. You can find my calendar on Lulu or at aprilbrooker.tv. And if you just want to say hi, you can do that, too. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. So this has been the Local Joker Podcast. I'm your host, Gerald Dean. That's two names, not one. (laughs) Don't forget to follow me, Mr. Dean, live on all social media platforms, especially TikTok, because I be tickety talking. (laughs) All right. Thank you.